this episode, we're going to be talking about clerics in D&D, so stay tuned. Hey folks, I hope that everyone's doing well today. Like I said in this episode, we're going to be talking about the cleric. And in my opinion, the cleric is one of the most multifunctional classes that you can play in Dungeons & Dragons and in... Um, Pathfinder and pretty much any game that offers a cleric, it's going to be pretty multifunctional. Now, I think generally we see clerics as healers and warriors, and pretty much that's it, right? They use the divine source of magic that was bestowed upon them to perform certain duties and pretty much go from there. But Really, in this episode, I want to unpack the cleric. I want to dive deep into that class, and I want to show both new players and veteran players and new DMs and uh, veteran DMs that this that this class, the cleric, can do so much, and you they can be great NPCs and they can be great character classes. So, without further ado, let's first talk about what a cleric is. You know, clerics are religious warriors. They technically intercede between their god and the material plane. And they can intercede between other gods as well because clerics are kind of um, that religious figure that intercedes on, on you know that behalf. But typically it's with their god. Um, their source of magic, I stated earlier, is divine. So they didn't study to obtain their magic like a wizard. They didn't make a pact or a contract with a patron like a warlock does. And they weren't born with it. So they're not like a sorcerer that is born with this innate magic. They were chosen, and I love and I would love to underline that part. They were chosen to wield these powers in, you know, in the name of their deity. One person that I really like to emphasize here if you've seen Game of Thrones, if you've read the books, um, you're going to know this name. Thoros or Thoros of Myr, um, or Mir, excuse me. Sorry for the mispronunciation. Um, he is a red priest of the Lord of Light. He was a noted warrior and he fought in the Greyjoy Rebellion, um, leading member, <clears throat> excuse me, of the Brotherhood Without Banners. And you know, good friend of Lord Beric uh, Dondarrion. So, Thoros of Mir is a cleric. He is a cleric of the Lord of Light. So, he fights, he heals, as you can tell, he resurrects uh, Lord Beric all the time when Lord Beric is, you know, slain in battle, whatever it may be. And what I love about this character is that he... um you know, he went to the temple, right, um, of the Lord of Light in the free city of Mirror in Essos. So just to kind of give you all an example of what you can do with a cleric, right, is he grew up basically with certain vices and was never bestowed power. Even though he was in the temple of the Lord of Light, he never had powers. He learned prayers. He learned, um, like, he learned all these prayers and he learned all these ritualistic things that happen with um with you know maybe that religion but he never really did 
did anything about it. He never, you know, he uh, in in the book it says that he grew up a very gluttonous and lustful man. So the opposite of what you would think a holy figure uh, would be. But in kind of like in the progression of his story, he um, pretty much sees this. He has almost like this internal conversion. And that's when the Lord of Light bestows power upon him. And he then is committed to his, you know, to his God. And he sees that the God, that the Lord of Light is the true God and goes from there. And again, for most of you who know the story or have read the books, you you pretty much know what happens from there. And for those who don't know, I don't want to spoil it, but it's almost like he had, like, he has a conversion when his God bestows his powers. So that's what a cleric is. A cleric is someone who, when they're given those powers, they start to move in a way that they're that the God not deems fit, but is pleased with. There is a reason why. And I know that for a lot of folks out there who play clerics and they're adventurers, even in the official, you know, Wizards of the Coast and Paizo material, clerics who become adventurers are those who it's because their God wills it. So there's a lot of role play opportunity, which I'll get to in just a second. But yeah, I just kind of want to talk about how when they're chosen to wield powers by their deity, it's a big thing. It is a big thing for the cleric. So as a dungeon master, keep that in your back pocket. And as a player, you know, feel free to 100% role play that to the best of your ability. Now, on the opposite hand, clerics aren't one-trick ponies. I really want to distinguish that and remind folks that clerics aren't just, you know, healers. Clerics aren't just, you know, people that wield war hammers and, and hit you with, for a lot of hit points and, and whatnot. It, they are more than that. You know, they're more than the um, typical, atypical, perhaps, war priest that they started out as. They grew and they've evolved. When Dean, when the cleric first came out, rather in D and D, clerics were kind of seen as that war priest, right? That fantasy version of the Knights Templar. Uh, and if you're not familiar with the Knights Templar, it originated as a group of religious warriors um, fighting for their faith. Uh, and obviously, there's a lot to unpack there, but that's a, that's a completely different story. And you know, the cleric has evolved, so. We have to see as people right now living in 2020 with, you know, five editions of D&D, now two editions of Pathfinder, and really whatever game play or game style that uses a cleric, you have to think, okay, what can we do? How can we utilize this class? Because there's so much about it. And that's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about how you incorporate clerics into your D&D world. So I'm going to take this from the Dungeon Master perspective. First and foremost, the Dungeon Master, if it's a homebrew world or whatever it can be, you have the ability to essentially set it up the way you feel you want to, right? You're the one who facilitates the rules and you facilitate the, the, the play, the gameplay at the table and everything in between. So... If you're a proponent of homebrew worlds, this is where I would challenge you to utilize the cleric in any situation you want. 
the official WOTC, so Wizards of the Coast material, <clears throat> excuse me, explains that clerics are not attuned to the political structure of that world. They're not even found in the hierarchy of their own organized religion, if it's an organized religion. And like I said before, if they decide to adventure to go on adventures, it's because they are called by their God to do their will as adventurers. So with all that, I would say as a dungeon master, if you are wanting to use clerics in a homebrew world, take those rules and throw them in the trash. I repeat, take those rules, throw them in the trash. Because your homebrew world is your world that you get to play, <clears throat> excuse me, with your friends. If you decide to create a story arc where there is organized religion, right? There's going to be some clerics that are going to be in the hierarchy of that organized religion. Heck, they might be leading that religion, right? There might be a, a 20th level cleric of the order of bahamut and that's kind of like the pontiff right that's the the head or the the leader of the organization he she they whatever you decide can be that head of that organized religion um within your DD world if that's what you so choose um if you want to incorporate this um style then yeah you're going to go against what the official material says, but it's a homebrew world, so who cares? I would highly recommend asking yourself, what do clerics do in your world? So for me, in my home in my homebrew world, clerics are healers, clerics are warriors, clerics are priests and acolytes, clerics are religious figures. They are the ones who are um basically saying services and 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 attending or leading the ritualistic uh, services and prayers to you know for the faithful of that deity. So if they are clerics of Pelor, then they are leading those you know they're leading the services and they're interceding for the people, preaching of Pelor, all that good stuff. Essentially, what a pastor or a priest or an imam, you know, whatever in our world would be doing for um, their people here. So that's what I would, that's how I view them. I view them as that multifunctional, again, that multifunctional class that is able to do a lot of things uh, from a role play perspective, right? And from obviously the combat perspective is pretty easy. That's going to be individualistic. It's going to be based upon the spells, whatever it may be. But it's going to, you know, the role play part is going to be really the bread and butter. It's going to be that that thing that is going to, that you're going to be able to, you know, change however you want, depending on the players and depending on the game you want to play. So I would, first and foremost, the only thing I would kind of say is make sure that they are serving a god or a deity, Right. A cleric is supposed, that's where they get their powers from. So if they're not serving a god or a deity, whatever the alignment may be, if you decide to use alignment, make sure that they serve that god or deity. Make sure that, you know, from an NPC perspective, right? Or if you want to go old school and bestow this upon or give the choice to the players to be, you know, multi class into cleric, then 
or to just become a cleric, whatever it may be, make sure that you write out a reason. There has to be an encounter with the deity or with the god. You have to say, okay, if this person is going to become a you know servant of Tiamat, why did they become a servant of Tiamat, right? Why did they choose Tiamat over another god? And give that starting point. Maybe Tiamat, you know, or maybe the, the god or the deity found an opportunity to showcase their powers. You know, maybe it's a power play, right? Maybe it's something that in the material plane they're not under they're not sure of, but in the other plane, in the celestial plane where the gods are, or in the hells, wherever, you know, there's that blood war that's going on. So if you want to use that material. Um, either way, you're gonna want to say, hey, this is what a cleric does. This is who they're serving, and then go from there. You can all you can obviously arrange it however you want, but keep that one thing in mind. Second, when you're creating a character of a cleric, you know whether it's an NPC or you're gonna, you're helping a player go through this. I want to highly recommend to highlight the level of cleric, right? Talk about their roles and responsibilities. Have that conversation with your player or, you know, have have it written down where your player understands what the roles of a cleric are, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. And that's because whether you write an NPC or whether you create a, a character with your player, the roles and responsibilities of the cleric should be pretty standard, right? It should be something where it should be, you know, every cleric that you run into, they know, even if they don't share the same religion, they know what the roles and responsibilities are of a cleric. So that way, if you want to break the rules and say, well, this cleric doesn't, you know, kind of like what we spoke about Thoros of Mir, right? Thoros of Mir started out as a warrior priest who um, basically was a glutton. He was a glutton and he had other vices. And yeah, he learned prayers and all that stuff, but it wasn't until that conversion. So it's almost kind of like the opposite. He broke the rules of, you know, that of a cleric and then, well, not that of a cleric, but he was acting opposite of what typical clerics uh, typical priests do in the world of Westeros and Essos and then um, became, you know, this priest of the Lord of Light and this cleric of the Lord of Light, rather. And that's how you should think about it, right? You should say, okay, if I want to create this character that is, you know, a total badass that does this, 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 and that, maybe establish what the what makes them a badass so therefore you must establish roles and responsibilities talk about that it's gonna give people and it's gonna give players a reason to interact with those clerics and something i like to use are you know <clears throat> religious titles right so acolytes deacons um war priests you know ministers uh Patriarchs, you know, I mean, and I said patriarch because that in, in the Orthodox churches of our world, the patriarch is like the pontiff, right? So you can use whatever and you can use matriarch. You can use whatever you want. 
I don't care. As long as you have roles and responsibilities and you kind of have that hierarchy within that religion. And if there isn't any hierarchy, get ready to explain that. I think that's cool too. Either way, you're the dungeon master. So you can have that choice and say, okay, this is what a cleric does. Really, that's the spirit of what I'm trying to say is as the dungeon master, establish what clerics do and what they don't do. Establish what um, what you'll typically find clerics to do and how they act and how they, um, you know, how they are going to react to things, right? How they're going to respond to things, whatever it may be. You get to choose that as the dungeon master. Now, on the opposite end, I'm going to talk about the player. So as a player, if you're wanting to play a cleric and this is your first time, you're going to have a lot of fun. I'm just going to say that you're going to have a lot of fun because there's a lot of cool things. If you've played a cleric before, I want to challenge you to perhaps think of clerics in a different way. I want to challenge you to create, you know, the opposite, right? I talk a lot about learning the rules so that you can break the rules. And I know a lot of people say that, so it may be cliche, but it's absolutely true. You know, there are so many options that you have as a cleric that you can, I mean, there's different domains, right? That you can choose from that it's almost overwhelming. And one thing as a player, what I would recommend is I would say, okay, what do I want to um, play as, right? What do I want to make sure that I choose, right? What, what type of thing do I want to do? What do I want to represent? And obviously, that's going to be represented in the divine domains. According to, you know, the Wizards of the Coast material, there are different domains, right? There's the domain of knowledge. There's the, the, the life domain. There's the light domain. There is the, um, the domain. The, there's a bunch of different domains. And actually, I can pull that up right now as we are kind of talking here. But, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that I would absolutely say as a player, if you're considering um, playing is, okay, what do I want my cleric to be? Do I want my cleric to, you know, do this one thing? Do I want them to be healers? Do I want them to pursue knowledge? Do I want them, pursue them to pursue the light? Do I want them to be like the typical, you know, really good person, the, the, the lawful good uh, cleric that is faithful and religious and all that? Or do I want them to be faithful to something that's evil? You know, whatever it may be, you want to decide, okay, who do I want to serve? Why do I want to serve that deity? And how am I going to serve that? Right? So the who, what, and how in this case are going to be really important as a player. And this is going to go for new players and veteran players, right? Think about it. Challenge yourself to say, okay, why do I want to play a cleric? Is it from a combat perspective? Okay, that's awesome. And, and you know, no judgment there. That's cool. But from a role play perspective, what do I want to gain from this? What am I trying to explore? What am I trying to create? That's something I think you should really consider. 
And, you know, as a player, you want to say, okay, um, everything is going to be individualistic, right? As a player, your role-playing perspective and opportunity is going to be individualistic to you because obviously you can play this. Let's say you can play a, a grave domain cleric, right? That's going to be found in Xanathar's Guide to Everything. Great book, by the way. Um, you you might be playing a grave domain cleric, and you're going to play it differently than what I played, and how I played it. You're going to play it differently than how Talison played it on Critical Role. You're just gonna it's it's just gonna be different because the individual is gonna want to play it in a different way. Explore that individuality and really focus on it and say, okay, this is my goal and this is what I want to do and this is how I want to do it. Again, it's the what, how, and and it's yeah, it's the what and how and, and whatnot and the why of your reason of your player of your character of hey this is why i want to do this this is how i'm going to do it and this is what i'm doing um maybe not exactly in that order but you pretty much understand think about that first ask yourself that question and then make a badass cleric character maybe your cleric is kind of like the you know friar tuck from um uh robin hood right that he enjoys if if you, if you've read of Robin Hood and on the different legends and and lore of Friar Took. Friar Took was pretty much a beekeeper. He liked <laughs> making mead and he liked being with people. He liked, you know, being in community with people. He wasn't necessarily one of those uh friars that was heavily into the religious ceremonies, but rather being in communion with people. So maybe that's the type of cleric you want to play, right? <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm so sorry. Maybe that's the type of cleric that you want to play. Maybe you want to be that cleric that's of the people. Like maybe you want to be around people and maybe um, your cleric is the type that is going to go around, not necessarily show their, um, you know, talk about their God, but it's going to say, hey, you should, you know, check this out. And it's going to be like helping the poor and doing all those like corporal things. Um, as one would say, corporal works of mercy. And you need to look into that. Maybe that's how you want to play your cleric. And, or maybe you want to be the political, right? Maybe you want to have that political um, influence from a religious standpoint. Maybe your parents are supporters and have been clerics and supporters of Paylor. And you your you know, your job or your desire is to um be one of those higher ranking officials in that religion so that you can take care of the people. Maybe the country that you come from, the national religion is that of Paylor. So you can write that in. You you can take a lot. And you can do a lot with the cleric is all I'm saying. But think about the what, the why, and the how. At the end of the day, that's really what's going to lead you to creating a really badass character. Well, that's it, folks. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast for more episodes of your favorite nerdy content. Until then, keep gaming.